hit send, it'll get where it needs to get to. If you have the physical card, you can hold on to it. And then at the end of the service, when we're leaving, there'll be people at the doors with baskets. You can put the connection cards in a physical envelope uh, in that, in that uh, basket as you are leaving. Um, so listen, before I get into my message, I, I want to take a moment and talk about the situation that's going on in the Ukraine. Uh, because it's something that we've all been following, something we've all been aware of. And, and I just want to take a moment to pray. But, um, but also, too, I mean, this, is, this to me, it feels different than other kind of conflicts and things we've, you know, been aware of. I was thinking about, like, the, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq. And that was like, there wasn't, like, resistance. You know, it was different. It was, I don't know, it's just not seeing, seeing something where you have large population centers and, and fathers saying goodbye to their kids and their wives and staying back to make homemade Molotov cocktails so they can defend their land. Uh, and then all, you know, in the age of Twitter and Instagram, where you're kind of seeing all this kind of live as it happens, is, is really, it's, it's something we've, uh, we've never seen this kind of warfare with this kind of technology and this kind of video access and all of that. And, uh, and so, so I want us to pray, but I also want you to know, I know lots of people are thinking, how can we help? What can we do? And so we have a connection with this wonderful organization called Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is an international organization, relief organization, Christian relief organization. They go and give relief wherever it's needed, whether, whether it's a Muslim territory or, or wherever. It doesn't matter. You know, they're Christian, but they, they, they give relief regardless of anyone who's in need. And so I've been in, I've been in communication with some of the leaders of Convoy. And, and so they already, they have people who are in Poland right on the border, uh, ministering right now to the millions of refugees that are streaming over that border. So starting next week, uh, you're going to hear a little bit more. I'm going to show you some videos of the work that Convoy is doing uh, on the border right now with refugees. And you're going to have an opportunity to give uh, towards, and, and the thing, the beautiful thing about Convoy, the money goes, it's going to go right to relief. It's going to go right to, to helping people who need it. I don't think that there's a better organization that we can kind of trust with our, with our money to get where it, where it needs to get to, all right? So we'll, we'll talk more about that next week and in the weeks to come, but just wanted to let you know that we're in communication and we're figuring out what we can do as a church to help. So I, let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we lift up the nation of Ukraine, and Lord Jesus, we look to the day Lord, when you're going to come and, and you're going to set up your kingdom and there will be peace on earth, Lord, and there'll be no more war and there'll be no more violence and no more separation. And so, Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come right now to Ukraine. God, we pray for your peace to come. God, we pray that you would preserve life. We pray that you would end this conflict. And, and God, we, we pray for Vladimir Putin. And God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would either change his heart Lord, give him pressure and change his heart so that he calls this off and pulls back the troops or that you would remove him from, from his position and put someone in that position who would be for peace. And so, Lord, God, we pray, for your, we pray for your grace, your mercy to come. We pray that your gospel would go forward through this, Lord. We pray that people, as they turn to you, Lord, as everything around them is, is shaking, God, we pray that they would look to the unshakable kingdom of God and that you would give people, even in the midst of this war zone, a peace that passes all understanding. And God, we pray that as we as a church and as churches and others all around the world do what we can, that you would multiply it like you multiplied the fish and the loaves and give provision, Lord, to your people. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All right. So, uh, so, so we've been doing this series. It's called The Bible Project. And, uh, and so... Um, 
it is, uh, it's this wonderful website and app called The Bible Project. And the purpose of it is uh, there's hundreds of videos. And it explores biblical themes and, and, uh, and books of the Bible and, and all, sorts of, all sorts of really helpful, like, five-minute videos. Uh, and so uh, we've, been, we've been looking at one in this series. We started, we started by talking about heaven and earth and what does it mean for us to see heaven come to earth. Sue did a wonderful job last week preaching about the image of God. Today I'm going to talk about the gospel of the kingdom. Next week we're going to talk about justice. And so we've been starting each sermon with watching one of these five-minute videos. I would encourage you, I've, I've rolled this into my daily kind of Bible reading quiet time in the morning. And uh, so I watch a video every morning, and I'm working my way through. Like, they have hundreds of them. And it's really, for, even for me, someone who's taught and preached the Bible like my whole adult life, I've gotten a lot out of it. It's been really, really edifying. So let's watch today's video while I drink my coffee and catch my breath. It is called The, uh, the Gospel of the Kingdom. There's this beautiful poem. It's in the book of Isaiah. The city of Jerusalem has just been destroyed by Babylon, a great kingdom in the north. And all of these Jewish people, they've been sent away into exile, but a few remained in the city. And they're left wondering, what just happened? Has our God abandoned us? Right, because Jerusalem was supposed to be the city where God would reign over the world to bring peace and blessing to everyone. Now Isaiah had been saying that Jerusalem's destruction was a mess of Israel's own making. They had turned away from their God, become corrupt, and so their city and their temple were destroyed. Yeah, everything seems lost. But the poem goes on. There's a watchman on the city walls. And far out on the hills we see a messenger and he's running towards the city. He's running and he's shouting, good news! And Isaiah says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Beautiful feet? Yes. The feet are beautiful because they're carrying a beautiful message. What's the message? That despite Jerusalem's destruction, Israel's God still reigns as king, and that God himself is going to one day return to this city, take up his throne, and bring peace. And the watchmen sing for joy because of the good news that their God still reigns. Now in the New Testament, we find this same phrase, the good news. It's the Greek word euangelion, and it's also sometimes translated with the word gospel. Yeah, so when Christians say, do you believe the gospel, they mean, do you believe the news? But not just any news. In the Bible, this phrase is always about the announcement of the reign of a new king. And in the New Testament, the Gospels use this phrase to summarize all of Jesus' teachings. They say that he went about proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom. So Jesus saw himself as the messenger, bringing the news that God reigns. Yes, but the way that he described God's reign, it surprised everybody. I mean, think, a powerful, successful kingdom. It needs to be strong, able to impose its will, able to defeat its enemies. But Jesus said the greatest person in God's kingdom was the weakest, the one who loves and who serves the poor. And he said that you live under God's reign when you respond to evil by loving your enemies and forgiving them and seeking peace. This is an upside-down kingdom. Now, Jesus also said that this kingdom was arriving with him. Yeah, so for example, there's this really interesting story where there's a high-ranking Roman officer, and he comes to Jesus begging him to heal his servant. And he even calls Jesus his Lord, acknowledging that Jesus is his authority. Jesus praises this man for recognizing what no one else yet had, that not only was Jesus announcing God's kingdom, 
he was the king. And so the word gets out that this Jewish man from Galilee is talking and acting like he's the king of Israel. He's appointing 12 disciples, which are an image of Israel's 12 tribes. He's healing people, forgiving people their sins. And all of this so threatened Israel's leaders that they finally decide to have him killed. And Jesus let them. Yeah, which is a weird thing to do if you're trying to become king. That's right. But for Jesus, this is what had to happen. Jesus saw the sin and the devastation of his people Israel as just one small part of the entire human condition. How all humanity has rebelled against God, resulting in the tragedy and devastation of our whole world. So how is God going to bring his reign over such a world? Jesus believed it would be through an act of sacrificial love for his enemies. This is why in the Gospels, Jesus' crucifixion is depicted as his enthronement as the king of the Jews. Yeah, he receives a crown. He also receives a robe. He's exalted up, not onto a throne, but onto the cross. How beautiful are the feet that bring good news. And the good news now is that Jesus has defeated death and that he reigns as king, that he's dealt with our sin and corruption himself and that he's conquered it with his life and with his love. And then Jesus sends his followers to go out and keep announcing this good news of the upside down kingdom. And to invite everyone to give their allegiance to him, the king who defeated death with his love. All right, so we're going to talk about the gospel of the kingdom. Now, let me just say, kind of going into this, this could be a series that takes us all the way to the summer. I mean, I could, I could break this down over like 12 weeks and still not cover everything. So I was just really trying to think about what, what do I want to bring in just, you know, the next few minutes that we have together that could be something that's helpful, that could, that could kind of flesh out some of the things that the, the video did such a good job talking about. And so, so hopefully that's that. And then I also want to leave some time for us to demonstrate the kingdom, that we're going to pray, come Holy Spirit, and see what God's going to do with healing and things like that, because that's a big part of the message that we've been given. The Evangelion, right? That the gospel, the good news. What is the good news, right? The good news is that Jesus is king. That's the good news. Jesus is king. Give me an amen for that, because that's, listen, that's good news. In in an age where we have despots and we have, you know, war criminals and we have people with authority who are doing what they're doing, to know that Jesus Christ is king. And that the king has come and we look forward. We know that one day that Jesus is going to come and he's going to, that he's going to set up his kingdom and he's going to make everything new. There's going to be no more pain. There's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more oppression. There's going to be no more occupation. There's going to be no more injustice. There's going to be no more war. There's going to be no more hatred. That's all going to be gone. Jesus is in the midst of making everything new. That's the message that we've been given. As the people of God, that's what we're called to proclaim. It says this in Isaiah 59, verse 52, verse 9. Let the ruins of Jerusalem break into joyful song. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has demonstrated his holy power before the eyes of all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the victory of our God. And so what that means is that everyone, including, you know, Vladimir Putin, whoever else, will one day see, will one day, it tells us in Philippians, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is king to the glory of the Father. And so Jesus is in the process of making everything new. 
He's renewed this broken world, this, this, this world that's full of pain and injustice and loneliness and all the bad stuff. He is in the process of making everything new. We get to announce that. We get to announce that the king is here, that the king has come, the king is here, the king is coming, and that there's hope because God hasn't forgotten about this world and he's making everything new. And so there's a message that we have, but there's also a ministry that we've been given. So I want to talk about both, the message and the ministry. And so the ministry, Jesus did this really interesting thing. In John chapter 20, verse 21, he, he, he rose from the dead, and then he appeared to his disciples, and it says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And he said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And so what that means is that as we announce the gospel, right, that we have a message, but we also have a ministry, that we are supposed to do the things that Jesus did. What did Jesus do, right? Jesus, Jesus healed the sick. We're supposed to pray for the sick. Jesus set people free who were captives to spiritual oppression and bondage. We're to help people. We're to see the chains come off because whom the Son has set free is really free, right? He, he spoke up for justice, and we're supposed to speak up for justice. He cared for the poor. We're supposed to care for the poor. We're supposed to do what Jesus did. We're supposed to announce that Jesus rules and reigns with signs and wonders, that's a biblical phrase for times when God shows up and does miracles and does things that only God can do. It's called signs and wonders. And so we are called to proclaim the gospel with signs and wonders. And so I, so I, I have three points, three things that I kind of put together that I think can help us. You know, as I said, you know, it should be a three-month series, but just kind of do it in one day. The first thing that I want you to understand is that the whole church gets to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. The whole church gets to do it. Now, something that's a little bit unique to the vineyard, the vineyard movement, and, the, you know, the vineyard movement, there's about 2,500 churches that are worldwide, about 600 vineyard churches here in the U.S., so it's a movement of churches. Something that's a little bit unique to the vineyard is that we, we think that everybody is supposed to continue the ministry of Jesus, that it's not just for, like, the superstars. It's not just for people on stages with microphones. We have a saying in the vineyard that says everyone gets to play. Right? We all have a part to play. We all have a role to play. And so we want to make sure, we want to make sure that, uh, that, that we don't have it so that, you know, the notion that it's the paid pastor that's going to do the ministry. The last thing that I would want to do, because there's other, there's other denominations and churches that believe in signs and wonders, but a lot of the times what that looks like is you just have the pastor. You know, you just have the person with the microphone doing all of the praying. We don't want to be like that. We want every, we want like, you know, plumbers equipped to do the ministry of Jesus. We want stay-at-home moms equipped to do the ministry of Jesus. We want students equipped to do the ministry of Jesus. We actually see on a regular basis kids in kids' church doing the ministry of Jesus, right? How many, you know, I've heard so many, Marianne has given me so many testimonies because they have faith. They have that, you know, simple faith of just praying, you know, for a mommy who has a headache and the little girl says, can I pray for you? And boom, immediately the headache's gone, right? Everybody gets to play. Every Everybody gets to see, and that's the, the incredible news here, is that, is that God has not only saved you through Jesus, the King has not only redeemed you, the King has given you a purpose, right? The King has given you a job. Jesus is renewing everything. He's bringing His hope, His goodness, His love. He's restoring all things, and you have a part to play. It says this in Ephesians 2, verse 10, we are God's handiwork. 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so listen, those of you who got baptized, right, we're celebrating your baptism. It's so wonderful. Baptism Sundays are my favorite Sundays. You know, I get a little wet. It's a little, you know, it's hard to get my coffee, but we figure it out. But, uh, but um, I just want to encourage you, like, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Like, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things God's prepared for those who love him. We, we think about that verse about going to heaven, and it does mean going to heaven, but it also means here and now. There are things that God has for you. And so Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so there are good works that God has for you. There are, there are specific things that God has in mind for you, ways that you're going to join with Jesus in the renewal of all things, things that maybe only you can do. Or things that only Jesus is going to do through you. And so we as a church, we want to help you discover and walk in the good deeds that God has prepared before you. What I would love to see is that if we were a church that, were, that was just full of people who were on mission. Full of people who understand, we're going to announce the king. We're going to demonstrate the king. We're going to lift up Jesus. We're going to point people to him. And so there are good deeds that God's prepared in advance for you to do. It says this in Psalm 139, verse 16. It says, your eyes saw my my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now before that, what it said was that, that, that you were fearfully and wonderfully made, that God knit you together in your mother's womb, and that God saw you when you were in your mother's womb. See, listen, so one of the things that followers of Jesus, what we have and what we need to lean into is we have purpose. We have a sense of, we have not only, we have mission. We have a calling, right? There's so many people who are trying to figure out meaning and purpose, and they're just like, I don't know. I'm just so happy that out of the billions of people my parents met, and then their parents met, and boy, it's just a miracle that I'm even here. You know, no, God saw you in your mother's womb. And not only did he see you in your mother's womb, he wrote a book about what you were going to do. I mean, think about that. God not only designed you, he wrote all the days ordained for you were written in his book before one of them came to be. See, we want to help you discover your book. We want to help you, like, like figure out, all right, I'm doing chapter 3 now. Now I'm going to do chapter 4. I can't wait till I get to chapter 7. That's a great chapter. And that, you know, because God wrote a book. You know, one of the things that I've noticed in this whole Ukrainian situation over the last couple of weeks is President Zelensky. And how everyone is enamored with President Zelensky, right? So he's, an, you know, the, the, the president of the Ukraine. So he's an interesting guy. He was, he was an actor before he was the president. He actually was in, he was a comedian. He was in a sitcom. And, and now he's doing things like, like, a couple, like a week ago. And I was writing this sermon. I started writing it early in the week. And I'm like, I don't know if he's even still going to be alive by the time I get to Sunday. Because Putin is sending in, like, death squads to, you know, like, armed assassins to try to take him out. But, but he hasn't left. Right? He said, he said a week or so ago, he said, Biden offered to evacuate me. He said, but I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. And so he's there. She, she, that's the weird thing about this. I saw this video where he was with his cabinet. It was like the, the transportation secretary and the energy secretary and the commerce, you know, all, and he's just like, they're in this bunker. And then he's, he's like naming everyone. And he's like, you know, the, 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 the commerce secretary, he's here. And the, you know, education secretary, he's here. And your president, he's here. And we've never seen anything like, we've never seen this kind of leadership because we know that odds are he's going to get killed. I mean, that, that, you know, I, that honestly, like, he, his, his life is seriously in danger, but he's still staying there. 
and he's still on the front lines. Because what, and what it is, I think, that so has captured us about this man and others is that he's got a cause that's worth dying for. Right? He's, he's willing to lay down his life for the Ukrainian people. And we, we're used to leaders who just kind of use their leadership positions as a way to line their own pockets and get their own power and get their own money. We haven't seen this kind of leadership. But, and it's, and it's, it's something that's, that's, really, that's really stirring. But what I, what I want you to know in this age, in this time, in this season, where, where, where everybody, you know, about, it's about TikTok videos and it's about I want to get a bigger house and I want to get a nicer car and I want to have a better party on Saturday night and I want to go to a beach, I want to go on a vacation with sandier beaches and what's the next show that I'm going to binge on Netflix like like we we don't know what it is to have a cause that's worth dying for like we don't have and then when we see someone who has that kind of conviction we're like I want I wish I had that I I, I need that that's that's amazing you have a cause that's worth dying for which means you have a cause that's worth living for. Jesus is renewing all things. Jesus is making everything new. God wrote a book with he wrote a book about you because there are good deeds that he's prepared in advance for you to do. And if you find, if you discover your purpose, you discover that book, you walk out the things that God has for you, I'm telling you, life is going to be incredible. Life is going to be an adventure. That's where we come into the, the abundant life that Jesus talks about. So that's the, the, first, the first point is that everybody gets to play. My second point is is this. Jesus showed us the way by demonstrating that greatness in his kingdom looks like love, humility, and servitude. Greatness in the kingdom of God looks like love, humility, and servitude. Jesus, he is the coming king. And so people didn't understand. He talked and he demonstrated his, his upside-down kingdom of God. And even his disciples didn't understand it. They didn't get it, even when they were with him for a while. And so we see in Mark chapter 10, you have James and John. They were two of the disciples who were in kind of Jesus' inner circle. And so, so they come to Jesus, and they say, uh, they say uh, Teacher, that's too small. I've got to look at it here. Hold on. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right, the other on your left. So they're like, all right, Jesus. Like, this is nice that you're, like, healing people. Like, you're doing all your forgiving people. You're multiplying fish and loaves. That's great. But that's to, like, raise the army, right? I mean, that's to get everyone excited. So we have an army. We have a revolution. And we're going to go kill the Romans. And we're going to drive them all out. And you're going to be king. And you're going to be on a throne. And when that happens, like, I want, you know, one of us on your right, one of us on your left. We, we want the positions of power because we're the best disciples, not those other knuckleheads. We want the position, right? That's what they're asking. And so Jesus, you know, kind of with a twinkle in his eye, he says, you know, I would imagine, he said, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? They're like, oh yeah, no, we got this. We're good. Bring it on. We are able. Bring it on. Let's go kill the Romans. Right? They, they didn't understand. They didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. The upside-down kingdom of God. The greatest is the weakest. Right? When we have enemies, we don't plot about how we can kill them. We think, how can we love them? How can we serve them? What we do is we try to... The people who have nothing to give back to us. Right? The poor, the oppressed, the marginalized. They're the ones that we love. They're the ones that we serve. That's how it works in the upside-down kingdom of God. And it is the total opposite of every other kingdom that we've ever seen on earth. And so Matthew chapter 20 gives us that same story, that same account, but with some funny details. One of the funny details is that it wasn't just James and John who went up to have this conversation with Jesus. It was their mother. 
So their mother, and listen, some of you, like if you're, some of you moms, like let's be honest, if your kid was a disciple, you would have done the exact same thing, right? You would have been like, Jesus, listen, my kid's special, and he should be. And so, and so anyway, so word gets out to the disciples. And so the other disciples find out about this request, and they're indignant. And they're not indignant because they think like, oh, James and John, you don't understand the upside-down kingdom of God. No, they're indignant because they're like, no, we should be at his right. I'm the best disciple. They totally don't get it. And so Jesus calls them together, and he says, all right, guys, teachable moment here. You know, Matthew 20, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for money. See, he said, listen, this is different. And it's something that Jesus did every day, right? He had authority. He was dripping authority. It was coming out of his pores. And, and the, the people would like say, nobody's ever like said the things that you say and you like command blind eyes to open and they open. We've never seen such authority. But what Jesus did is he used his authority to lift up the oppressed. He used his authority for the poor, for the sick, for the marginalized. He, his, you know, he gave, he released forgiveness. He lifted people up. And what most people do when they have authority is they use their authority to build their own kingdom and build their own empire. But that's not what Jesus did. He flipped it. He, he did not use his authority to build up his own empire, to, to get people. Normally what Jesus says is, is that when someone has authority and power, they use it to get everybody to do what they want. They use it so their lives can be more comfortable. That's not what Jesus did. He did the opposite of that. And all of the other power structures, they were threatened by this, right? So the Jewish leaders, they were like, we're at the top of the hierarchy, the religious hierarchy. Everybody treats us with respect, and we get all this pomp and circumstance, but, and we're not getting that now, so, so I think we're going to kill you because we don't like what you're doing. And then you had the Romans, you know, they, they just were like, if somebody gets in our way, we just kill them, no questions asked, we just run over them. And so what they did, because they were challenged, their authority, their power was challenged by Jesus in his upside down kingdom. They said, we're going to kill you, we're going to take you out. But what you need to understand, though, is that Jesus, he, did, he was not killed by the Jewish leaders and the Romans. He, he gave up his life. He said this to Peter when, when they came to arrest him and Peter pulled out his sword and tried to fight. He, he said to him in Matthew 26, he said, put your sword back in its place. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father? He will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. He's like, listen, you guys don't understand. I'm laying my life down. I'm giving it up in this upside down kingdom of God. If I wanted to, I could, I could just talk to my father and we could get legions of angels that would level this place. They're not taking my life. I'm surrendering my life. And so he was crucified. And I love how they show this in the video, that his cross became his throne, that his crucifixion became his enthronement, that he received a crown as a, as a king would receive, but it wasn't a normal crown. It was a crown of thorns. He received a robe, a royal robe, but it was a robe of mockery. He wasn't treated with pomp and circumstance. He was treated with, with mockery and beatings. And he was lifted up and he was exalted. Lifted up and exalted, not onto a throne, but onto a cross. And what it appeared to be was that this upside-down kingdom didn't work. 
That everything that Jesus said and everything that he did, you know what, it was all for nothing. It didn't work. It's it, it just another, you know, another prophet, another one came and went. And so for three days, the religious leaders celebrated. The Romans celebrated. Hell celebrated. But what it tells us, though, in Philippians chapter 2, it says that after, it says, verse 8, it says, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. See, that's the message that we've been given. That's what Jesus is up to. That's what the upside-down kingdom resulted. He was exalted. He was lifted up, not onto a throne, onto a cross. But then God the Father said, I will lift you up and give you the name that is above every other name. And so here's my last point. And after all these baptisms, we're going to do this kind of quick, all right? So I'm going to, because well, I want to get to having us doing some praying. So Jesus, my last point is Jesus explained how the gospel of the kingdom works. Now, we're gonna, I, what I want to see is that we're a church full of people who are announcing the gospel, demonstrating the gospel, doing the stuff. Everybody gets to play. But we need to understand a little bit how it works. And so let me just give you something really quick, real kind of easy that you can just kind of run with. So Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Jesus said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus actually said three very interesting things right, in his ministry. He said, the kingdom of God has come, meaning the kingdom is here and everything that that means, the, the, the God's will being done, because kingdom, the basileia is the word, it means God's rule and reign. So the rule and reign of God is here. And so all the good things that come with the rule and reign of God, healing and peace and provision and joy and, you know, freedom from oppression and chains coming off, the kingdom is here. The kingdom has come. He also said, the kingdom of God is near, which actually the word he used there, it kind of meant like the kingdom of God was like hanging right over your head. Like the blessings of God were ready to break in at any moment. Like they're just right there. Almost like, you know, like when a cloud, when a dark cloud runs in, rolls in and you're like, oh man, the rain is coming. That's kind of the language that Jesus is using. The kingdom of heaven is right overhead. But then he also said the kingdom of heaven will come. Meaning when Jesus sets up his kingdom and it'll be like fullness, there'll be nothing, you'll just see it with your own eyes and there'll be God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven perfectly and completely. So how can these three things be true at the same time? Right, how can his kingdom uh, come, be really close, and be coming in the future? So John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard, he gave this illustration, right? So, so it was, uh, he talked to me, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a picket fence, so you're going to have to jump a few slides ahead because I'm editing on the fly right now. There's a picket fence. And so you think about a picket fence, right? And you realize, like, well, you think about a picket fence. All right, so, so it's, is it all wood? No, it's, it's wood and not wood, right? It's wood and it's space. Is it all space? No, no, no. It's space and it's wood, right? And so it's a fence. It kind of does what it does. But it's, but it's like wood but also space, and what John said is we need to understand the kingdom of heaven, the already and the not yet of the kingdom, means that it's not yet in its fullness, but it is already here. It's already present. It's hanging over us. It's ready to break in at any moment. It's wood and not wood. It's space and not space. And so when we pray for the sick, sometimes we get, you know, the, the wood. And we see the kingdom of heaven break in and we see healing happen. Sometimes it's the space. 
And the way it is, when you understand the kingdom of God, when you understand, we don't have to say, if we pray for someone and they don't get healed, we don't have to say, like, you know, oh, you, don't, you have secret sin in your life, or, or you don't have enough faith. No, no, no. We can just say, come back tomorrow and we'll pray again for the kingdom of heaven to break in. Right? And with that way, whenever we pray for anyone, no matter what happens, we can make sure they know that we love them, that God loves them, and, and we'll just say, hey, come back again and we'll pray for the kingdom of God to break in. Because, because sometimes it's wood and sometimes it's space. That's how it works. Until Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom, then it's, uh, this is where the analogy breaks down. Then it's all wood. I don't know. I don't know if that, but you guys get the, get the idea. And so, and so we need to understand, right, if we're committed to the ministry of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, right, when we say, come Holy Spirit, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, sometimes we pray for healing and the healing comes. And there's amazing testimonies and it's wonderful. Sometimes the healing doesn't come, right? We pray for joy. And sometimes joy gets poured out. Like I tell you, there was so much joy that was going on during this baptism time. It was just palpable. But sometimes we go through periods of mourning, right? Sometimes there's provision. One of the things, a phrase that I love about the kingdom of heaven, it actually shows up three times in the Old Testament, three separate times. They talk about the provision in the kingdom of heaven is that everybody will get to sit under their own vine and their own fig tree. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Like I, like, I don't even know what a fig tree is, but I want to sit under one. You know, that sounds cool. But just meaning that God's going to meet all of your needs. And so sometimes we experience that. Sometimes there's abundant provision and everything is just poured out and everything's great. Sometimes it's like it feels like we're eking it out and it's just kind of we run out of, you know, we run out of money before we run out of month. You know, it's, it's, it's wood and spades, wood and not wood. It's the already and the not yet of the kingdom. But the thing is, is we know we are a people who are committed to saying, come Holy Spirit. And we are a people who believe because we've been given this message of Jesus being king and, and we know that Jesus has won the victory and, and one day he'll come back and it'll be clear for everyone to see. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will proclaim that Jesus is Lord. But here in the midst, living between the times, we say, come Holy Spirit. We say, let your kingdom come. And the kingdom of heaven is hovering right over, right above us. And at any moment, the kingdom of heaven can break in and bring the provision, bring the blessing, bring what's needed. And we've got testimonies of that. And I know you have testimonies of that, but it's the already and the not yet. And there's sometimes where, where it's not yet. There's sometimes where it's waiting. We live within that tension. But I just want to encourage you. We're going to, you know, right now, right in this moment, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God right now is hovering right over this room, right over our heads, ready to break in, right? Because King Jesus is here in this place, right? When, when everyone who was baptized, what they were doing in their baptism is they were giving allegiance to King Jesus, Right? Whenever our worship, as we were worshiping, we were giving allegiance to King Jesus. We were, we were just, we we're lifting up King Jesus. So the King is here. That's why God inhabits the praises of his people. Because when the people are praising and lifting up the King, the King comes. The King draws near. So the King is here. And the King brings his kingdom. And so what do you need right now? Where do you need to see the provision of the kingdom of God in this broken, fallen world that we live in? Where do you need to see the provision of the kingdom of God breaking into your life? So think about that. Because we're going to ask God to come. We're going to ask the kingdom of God to come. Maybe you need joy. Maybe you, listen, you've just been, you've been depressed. You've been, you know, you just haven't been yourself. You feel like you're just kind of in this pit and you can't get out and you're trying to get out. Well, you know what? 
the joy of the Lord is our strength. See, the Holy Spirit, he, the, it, says, it says in the Bible, so kingdom of, the kingdom of God is, is, is peace, love, joy in the Holy Spirit. So God is like hovering right over here, ready to put, bring joy into your life. Maybe it's healing that you need. If you have physical pain in your body, we want to pray for healing. I just, last, last weekend, the reason I wasn't here, I was speaking at, I was, I was doing a healing conference in Maryland. And it was, it was wonderful. God showed up and people were getting healed and it was great. But I, I prayed for this one woman and she wasn't healed. She had a bulging back and, and there's people all around the room getting healed. And I prayed for her and, and was like, how are you feeling? What's going on? And she did this movement and her face just fell. And she's like, it's the same. I didn't get healed. And we prayed again and still nothing. That's hard. And maybe some of you, you've gotten prayer. You've asked God to heal you, but you haven't been healed. But you know what? We, we're called to just continue to pray. That we continue to pray, come Holy Spirit. Maybe today is the day that the healing's going to break through. Maybe today is the day that the power of the future age is going to invade your life right now and bring the healing of heaven. So we're going to ask. We always ask. Maybe you need provision. Maybe you just, listen, you, you don't have what you need. You don't have the relationships that you need. You don't have the finances that you need. You don't have the peace that you need. We're going to ask for the provision of God to come. We're going to ask for the resources of heaven to break into the here and now so that we could leave today us under our own vine and our own fig tree, enjoying the abundance and the provision of the kingdom of heaven. So let's stand. And I hope that you're thinking about it. Maybe, listen, maybe you're here and this is all brand new to you. I just want, I want you to know God loves you. He loves you. He's for you. He wants to bring good things. He wants to bless you. He created you. To, yes, this life is hard and it's difficult. Jesus said, in this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He, he loves you. He's for you. And He wants you to experience His power, His grace, His mercy, His kindness. He has a gift for you. He has something for you. You might be like, I don't even understand. I don't know what half of what he's talking about. I don't get it. I, got, I understood the video. That's all I understood. What's going on? God loves you. He's for you. And I believe that if you ask him to reveal himself to you right now, I think he's going to do it. And I, you know, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he brought you here because he wants you to know how much he loves you. So just, just pray right now. Just, just close your eyes and think about what it is that you need where you need to see the kingdom of God break in so that you can announce and you can glorify, you can bless the Lord, you can come into the, you can, the, the book that he's written, the book all the days ordained for you in his book. So come, Holy Spirit. God, we bless you. Let your kingdom come. Let the resources of heaven break in here right now in Jesus' name. Let it come. More, Lord. God, I pray especially for everyone who was baptized today, Lord. I pray that you would fill them right now with your love and your mercy. God, that you'd fill them with the resources of heaven. Lord, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'd pour joy out in this place right now. That the resources, the abundance, the joy of heaven would break into the here and now. The here and now. In the name of Jesus, let it come. Let it come. So we're going to do something. Let's have, let's have people from the prayer ministry team and life group leaders and others come on up because we're going, to, we're going to pray. We're doing ministry now just kind of in the front right here. But I, I want to encourage you. Leave, listen, come up and just in coming up, say, God, I want the resources of heaven in my life. 
God, I need your kingdom to come in my life. I need your kingdom to come to heal my marriage. I need your kingdom to come to heal my body. I need your kingdom to come to heal my soul. See, God is in this place. And I know, listen, it's easier to think about, I'm just going to get a bagel and I'm just going to do, no, no, just God, I think, has something for you. So come on up. Especially if you're, listen, if you're sick, if you need physical healing, and if you're someone who's received prayer before, but it hasn't happened, I just have faith that maybe there's going to be a breakthrough for some people here today. So come on up. Come on up and say, come Holy Spirit, Lord, I'm looking to you. If you need provision in your finances, you need provision in your soul, where do you need the kingdom of heaven to break in? Jesus said this. He said, the kingdom of heaven, I just, it's one of those verses I memorized in the King James and I can't get it out of my head. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men lay hold of it. What that means is if you want the blessings of the kingdom of God, that you got to go for it. And I think for some of you right now, taking that step of faith and saying, I'm going to go up and I'm going to let somebody pray for me and I'm going to be a little vulnerable and I'm going to come up and I'm going to say, come Holy Spirit. Maybe that means what, what it means for you to be, to kind of be violent and say, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to lay hold of everything that God has for me. So come on up. Come on up and let's say, God, let, let your kingdom come. Bring your healing. Bring your resources. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let it come. Bless your presence, God. We bless your presence. We pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would come into this place, that you'd pour.